I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Let's Talk About Brand. I, of course, am your host, Christine Gritman. Welcome, welcome to our podcast listeners on the Adweek Podcast Network. Um, If you like what you hear, which I'm sure you will, please be sure to subscribe to Let's Talk About Brand to get new episodes every Monday. And if you really love it, please leave a review. Or perhaps you're joining us on YouTube on Friday. We drop the video podcast on YouTube every Friday. So you can check out both every week and double your fun. And then in between on Tuesdays, we have a Twitter chat, Chat About Brand, that covers the same topic as that week's expert interview. And this week, that topic is going to be incredibly useful and immediately applicable to a lot of us, which is your personal branding blueprint. It's a very interesting thing, personal branding. A lot of people know that they need it. They know it's something they're supposed to figure out and develop. But getting started can be tricky. Having a structure to it can be tricky. Making sure that you are building it in kind of a systematic way while keeping the personal in there can be tricky. So we have an expert here who has done so much in this field. Karen Freeberg is a professor. She is an author. She's the developer with Stukent of a personal branding simulation, which we're going to talk about. I find that to be such an interesting concept. So without any further ado, I'm going to bring her on. Hello, Karen. Hi, Christine. It's an honor to be here. I've been a fan of your show podcast for a long time. It is definitely a must follow for uh, my fellow colleagues and I in academia. I mean, I'm no Ryan and I'm no Ryan Reynolds, but you know, I do what I can. And we'll, we'll mention that reference a little later on. But in the meantime, Karen, tell the good folks at home or in their car or in the office, wherever the heck they are, now what what all you've done in this field of personal branding, because you have attacked it from many different professional angles. Many, yeah, many, many different angles. And and, um, I've shared with my colleagues and students over the years that I've worn many hats. Um, But my personal branding journey actually started when I was in middle school. I, back in the day, I was, you know, a typical teenager and my family were all very tech savvy, um, even in the 90s. And my students are like, wow, that's like the dark ages. I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> but um, when I was 13, my parents actually got my sisters and I all our own uh, website domains to develop our own websites. And so my first digital footprint was back in 95. But it actually started off as a fan site for Val Kilmer. And I tell my students, yes, I was 13. I saw Top Gun. Everyone knows. Yep. Top- um, I understand that completely. My first homepage in college um, in the late 90s, early aughts, was a f- started as a fan page for Tori Amos, Ani DeFranco, 
Liz Fair and Sarah McLaughlin. And it wasn't even a good fan page. I just kind of Googled, found the best images of them, mm-hmm. found kind of links to songs. It was highly illegal, very ridiculous. But you know what? It was good practice. It was absolutely good practice. I mean, it was short-lived for me, but um, I kind of shifted towards actually marketing myself as a student athlete. So I did track and field for over 10 years in high school, junior high, and of course, college. Um, And I did that for a really important reason, because I grew up in a very small town in California. I realized that in order to get coaches' attention about what I was doing in track, um, my primary event was the shot put. I really had to utilize new media to tell my story and kind of stand out. And at and that time in the late 90s, early 2000s, not many people were doing that. So I really kind of did something unique in, in the sport, you know, by having my own newsletter online. And at that time, Christine, I really didn't know that that was actually a field. Yeah, go, that's incredible. Like, I'm thinking back to that time. So you had an online newsletter. Like, how did you even get people because this was pre-social media people yeah. like you had maybe AOL chat boards tops oh, yeah. and, so how and, did and, you do this um so what was really cool about the track and field community is there were a lot of websites available um basically posting stories and covering sports which was fantastic you know for student athletes to get exposure so um we also utilized discussion boards and so that was really kind of our community and network basically that we were coming together and so i would basically share the links you know share my website and updates with people saying look you know here's what i did this week you know i competed in this competition and i was so brave enough um it, you know this is b- both motivating but also terrifying to like post my grades you know like okay and try to you know show that i'm a student athlete um And so um, I also was able to create, you know, just kind of a basic web page and we would have like various issues, you know, and volumes coming out for the newsletter. And I really honestly, Christine, I wanted to have a platform where I would be able to share my story, you know, to other student athletes and say, okay, here's the day in the life of a student athlete. Here's, you know, some of the things that um, we go through, you know, on the recruiting process. Um, Here's what it's like to go to various competitions around the state. And I really try to put a human side on the sport. And um, I'm a big foodie. So I was always posting, hey, if you're really looking for a really cool restaurant to go to in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas, you got to have this dish. And so it was kind of early, yeah, content creation, social PR, storytelling. And it was probably one of the best introductions and hands-on experiences that I was able to get in managing my brand that shifted um, to what I'm doing now. And, and But there's been so many different chapters, you know, from being a student athlete to a graduate student to now a professor and consultant and author. Um, but I look back at that time as a student athlete as really being kind of one of the pinnacle moments, you know, of really shifting the gears on where I am in my career. Yeah, you were ahead of your time. Like if you had done all of that I'm sure part of you is like, oh, if I'd had this technology, if I had had Instagram, if we had had, you know, the influencer economy, this would have been, you know, oh, man. But but at the same time, your students do. So so I gather we're around similar ages. So when you graduated Mm -hmm. college, probably, you know, the very early beginnings of what would become social media were happening, like Friendster, MySpace, all of that. Second life. Yeah, Yeah. Second life really big. I can't tell you how many projects I did on Second Life in school. (laughs) 
So tell me how you got into this and how you um how you really came to embrace social media and personal branding. Different things, by the way, but how you came to embrace those uh, within your career path. Absolutely. Um, so fun fact, I always share with my students because they always assume that, you know, I have a lot of Gen Z and of course Gen Alpha is coming through the pipelines. Um, they assume that they are the drivers of technology, that they know everything. And I I tell them, I'm like, hold that thought. You know, I feel like Lucoso, you know, like, you know, not so fast, um, because I share my story. It was actually my parents, my mom and dad, who are boomers who basically said, Karen, you need to be on social media. I, I really didn't join Facebook and Twitter until 2008, 2009. I just thought, well, do I really need to be on this? Yeah, that's also it, when it opened up to everyone. I mean, I cheated yeah. and snuck my way in there in 06 with an mm-hmm. alumni email address. I mean, yeah. it really was college-centric for a while there. Very, yeah. And well, it was actually, I um, did my undergrad at the University of Florida in PR, and then I was at USC um, getting my um, master's while also competing in track. So I competed for Florida and USC. And I remember the time, like, they actually banned Facebook from uh, our lab computers because they're like, well, this is a distraction and you shouldn't be on this. So at the point, at that point, I was like, well, you know, um, I don't really, I, I thought I didn't need it. And then finally, like 2008, I was actually in my second year of my PhD program where that's when I got on board. My parents were like, Karen, you're in PR, you need to do this. So I'm like, okay. So, um, so that was kind of like my kind of step into social media. And so how I got really involved with it is I realized the potential and the gaps that were missing specifically on, you know, not only the research side um, and t- teaching. Yeah. I mean, there weren't that many classes at that time in 2008 teaching social media. So I thought, well, there's a huge opportunity here. And I honestly, Christine, I, I used, I, I felt with social media, it was an gateway to new opportunities for me because I felt when I got into academia, I, I don't consider myself to be the tr- typical professor. And I knew that there were certain pathways, certain expectations. And I felt some of the areas of research were not my cup of tea. So I thought with social media, I'm like, well, this could be something new and really fun to explore um, and kind of set the pathway. And I specifically focused on social media and crisis communications for my research and my doctoral studies. But really, fundamentally, what I've been passionate about, you know, as I've kind of gone on in my academic career is the strategy, influencer marketing, personal branding. But I've always tried to balance my research to make sure it's applicable, you know, so I'm able to help clients answer questions that they might have. And um, it just kind of snowballed from there. You know, like I was on Facebook, then Twitter, then Instagram. And whenever I share with my students, yes, I'm on Be Real and TikTok, they're like, oh, my gosh, professors on those platforms. <laughs> like, yeah, I should be. This is what I do. <laughs> Absolutely. You got, you got to be in it. You got to be in the game. To yes. that end, in addition to being a professor, you also work with a student agency. Is that correct? That is correct. Yes, I'm, I'm really excited about that. Um, I'm a big believer of experiential learning. Um, I apply this um, kind of mindset in all of my classes because what I'm going to have the students do, like uh, give them an exam, asking them what is the difference between a tweet and, uh, you know, viral video or, you know, I mean, no. Um, social media and personal branding is all about hands-on activities because the best way to learn is being able to do something. So uh, for years, I've been able to incorporate clients into the classroom. So 
at the University of Louisville, we've had the honor and privilege to work with some incredible brands over the years, including, um, you know, the Churchill Downs with the Kentucky Derby. We worked with Breeders' Cup, uh, Chipotle, um, Meta, well, Facebook Blueprint, but now Meta Blueprint. Um, and then we've also worked with Brown Foreman. So we like we've had a lot of opportunities for the students. But in the back of my mind, um, we never really had the opportunity to really build a student agency. So um, as of last spring, no, not last spring, um, last fall in September, we were able to officially launch it. It's um, called the Bird's Nest. And it's student run, full service, but it really gives the students the opportunity to work with clients, but also most importantly, Christine, get that hands-on experience so they're able to come out after graduation with multiple pieces of work that they're able to showcase and say, look, this is what I've done. But also they will have experience managing and building their own personal brand as a professional in this space. So they basically have the expertise, the skill sets, the um, client work, but also they have the experience building their brand as a young professional. So um, we're taking on clients right now, and I'm, I'm actually having a kickoff um, talk um, later this week with the, the students, and it's a really exciting time. I'm really looking forward to the, being part of this role. Uh, the students who get to be part of that program are so lucky. But the really incredible part is that you have brought some degree of hands-on experience beyond those students with your virtual personal branding simulation that you developed yes. with Stukent. I'm I'm very intrigued by this concept. Um, yes. I would love to hear, well, I would imagine your personal branding blueprint system came about first. Is that correct? Or did you kind of develop it in, in tandem with the program? It, yes. So um, I'm, yes. So the answer is it, they basically came and they're kind of aligned. So um, let me back up a little bit on how this kind of came about. Um, Stu Kit is a great company out in Idaho. They do some wonderful work producing some great simulations and textbooks um, and resources for educators. And they really have the mindset of basically bridging the gap that you see between education and the industry. Um, so they've had tons of books over the years with social media marketing, brand marketing, strategy, you name it. And they approached me a few years ago, you know, because they've had a lot of different virtual conferences, a lot of summits. And I love what they do because, um, again, my big thing has always been a builder of relationships and opportunities between academia and the industry. And so I wanted to work with them. And I've had previous books with my other publisher, Sage Publications. And so when we had a conversation a few years ago and they basically said, okay, how can we work together? And this was during the time, like right around COVID or right before COVID, I started noticing that a lot of people uh, in my network um, teaching and as well as students, um, I would guest lecture a ton of times, you know, on personal branding. That's probably one of my most requested talks um, that I've given to other courses, which is a lot of fun. Um, but I found that there were missing gaps, you know, because everyone talks about the need for having a personal brand, but it's about kind of connecting the dots like, okay, we need it. How do we build it? What do we do? What are the risks? What, what the even is it? Like that that definition can be so nebulous, especially if you're in a student situation and you haven't really been out in that world yet as a professional. Absolutely. And, and I think, too, Christine, like there are students who think they have to fit a certain mold 
to have like for a personal brand, that they have to be a certain type of professional in order to have a personal brand. And they don't know how to showcase their personality and their unique experiences and stories to make it more true to them. You know, so I saw a lot of issues, you know, here. So I approached Stukin and I said, well, I have this crazy idea. I mean, literally, I said, I have this crazy idea. I don't know what y'all will think about this, but I think it's something that if we are able to jump on it, we will be ahead of the game here. And so um, the first pitch was a textbook, you know, to basically have a textbook on personal branding, going through kind of, as you said, the blueprint, like what is personal branding? Also, what are the issues that come up when it comes to personal branding? Like, because you see all these influencers, you see these professionals come over they have they experience a crisis and they their reputation hit, takes a massive hit along with our personal brand and then there's the content strategy the research how do you determine whether or not you're accomplishing your own personal branding goals and then it, so basically the textbook was kind of walking through and you know talking with the student team they're like you know it would be really cool to be able to see what we could do for a simulation to kind of give students practice kind of working through some of these concepts. And so I was fully there. But what's unique about this simulation, Christine, is that um, the student plays in two roles related to personal branding. There are exercises where they have to reflect on their own personal brand and kind of work through like, okay, what is my content strategy? What are the areas that I'm going to, that I want to be known for? Or what are ways in which I can help build relationships to get my name out? But the second component that I thought would be very unique for the students to work on that you really don't see a lot of conversation is how would you advise someone else in helping them, you know, build their personal brand? Because a lot of my students they want to go into consulting. They want to start their own businesses. And they've actually had other students come to them saying, like, especially with the NIL and student athlete trends, um, how to build their personal brand. And so it, the simulation also has exercises in how they would go about in advising someone else on how they build their personal brand. That's such an incredible combination because it's very different. And I'm sure that you've noticed this as well. There's a lot of people who are in the industry of consulting and of helping people with their personal brands who don't apply it to themselves. The whole cobbler's children have no shoes mentality, though at the same time, what works for you may not work for somebody else. So that that's fantastic. I'd love to dig into a little bit of what that blueprint looks like and and what sort of path they're following with themselves and with their clients? Are they the same path being applied to two different entities or are they a little bit different? It's a little, yeah, that's a great question. They're a little bit different, um, but one of the things that we try to do with the simulation is really focus internally first on uh, the students because we feel like if the students have a self-reflection of what their you know mission statement is or what are the values, what are the pillars that, they feel really represent their personal brand. Having that understanding, if they go through through it themselves, then they're more likely to be confident in kind of teaching someone else, you know, like, okay, here's kind of what you need to go about it doing. So um, so basically there's a lot of the similar concepts in the blueprint, but it's, in the, it's a different framing of it. And so there's going to be certain exercises that are more self-reflection, you know, like an identifying, okay, what are the areas of your expertise? 
that you feel you can confidently talk about. And I joke in my book in the simulation, like, yeah, I would not be able to talk about rocket science. I would say, here's the rocket, you know, emoji on your phone. <laughs> That's as close as I can get. But there are certain things that I can, you know, talk about confidently based on my experience and expertise. But it go, kind of goes through too, you know, with the students who walking them through, like, how would you describe your personality, like your brand voice um, in person and offline? And it gives them various exercises to do to kind of basically either just reflect and, you know, share in class um, or in a community, or they actually have to develop something and share that, you know, with um, others. So there's different exercises, there's different assignments partaking, and then similar to advising another individual, they basically have to do the same assignments. But instead of actually doing the self-reflection, the, per the student in, Kate, in this case has to provide feedback on what that other person has provided. So it's kind of taking in the self-reflection um, aspect individually, but then also providing consulting, you know, opportunities. But it gives the students practice on, okay, if you were advising someone, what would you tell them? Like, are they on the right path? Would you, you know, how would you interact with them in terms of giving them the best advice moving forward with their personal brand? I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Now within the simulation element of it how does that play out like do you get to see success and failure are there sort of simulated social media platforms or, or digital yeah. presence so how does that exactly work yeah absolutely so that's one of the really cool things that student offers is that they give you kind of a mock-up like you like in some lessons you feel like oh yeah this is happening in real time for example, like I actually in the textbook and also in the simulation, we have a crisis communication um, section. And I, I stress this with Stu Kid. I said, you know, a lot of times people think about personal branding for the positive reasons and the positive opportunities that can come forward, the campaigns, the endorsement deals, whatever. But what happens if things hit the fan, you know, for yourself or also for your client or a person that you were looking at. So the simulation is actually, you know, it gives you kind of this choose your own adventure kind of option where it's like, okay, here's the situation. You know, this is what's happening. How would you go about in advising your, like this individual that you're working with? And so it gives you some drop down options. So the students actually have to kind of make strategic decisions saying, okay, we want to go with this option. And you have, and they have to, of course, in real time, have to provide a rationale for why they think that this is the best course. 
And so it gives you kind of like the different options. And so if the students did not choose the right decision, it gives them feedback. So it's kind of like an, a, an opportunity for students to pl basically play in the sandbox, you know, in a simulation to kind of see how they would respond, how would they would react in real time. And then they would be able to see, okay, this worked, here's what I did, or, okay, this is going to be some lessons that I'm going to be taking for the future. So, um, so to answer your question, uh, Christine, yes, there is some interactive components. And that's really, I think, one of the powerful things that StuCAD has for not only this simulation for personal branding, but all of the other simulations. It gives the students opportunities to interact with content in a safe space. So they are not having to learn these lessons the hard way when they get into an internship or job um, after graduation. I love the gamification element. I mean, that's so current and fascinating. Now, I imagine there are parts where students tend to hit the most snags. So I'm mm -hmm. curious as to what parts the students tend to find the most challenging on this path and if it tends to be similar to where clients tend mm -hmm. to, to find that journey more most challenging when it comes to building out the personal brand. Well, that is a good question, Christine. I would have to say it's actually the first part kind of really doing a self-reflection because a lot of times, like when I've taught personal branding um, in my classes, I give them basically a personal branding audit. Like I actually have the students really do a deep dive into their accounts and kind of their overall presence online and really see what they're doing. Are they consistent? Are they presenting their best foot forward? Are they having a different persona on various, you know, platforms? And my students across the board have said that has been both the hardest but most rewarding exercise they've done because it really makes them really look in the mirror and say, okay, here's what I've been doing. And it just gives them kind of that eagle eye perspective of like looking at their entire digital footprint um, from a spot. And I found that with professionals that I've talked to, it's the same thing. Um, they felt that like they really have been either so nose to the grind, you know, with their work, you know, they're focusing on building their own like kind of companies, you know, presence. They really haven't kind of taken a look and say, oh, like here's who I am as an individual, my own personal brand, or they've been so focused on, you know, maybe building one platform that they forget, oh, there's other channels and touch points that I have in my community that really um, need to be working on. And my rule of thumb for both, you know, students and colleagues is something that my uh, late grandfather um, kind of instilled in all of us was to have one set of manners is to be consistent both across all of the platforms you're on. So uh, people know that's you, but it's also important to have that same mentality, one set of manners offline as well. And I call this kind of the Dr. Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde approach, because I've seen some people who have fantastic personal brands online. They are fantastic. They are really, you know, amazing. And then when you meet them in person, they're completely the opposite. Like they don't represent everything that they built. And so I told my students, like, you need to make sure that this is connected, you know, and the reason, the reason why we take so much time to really do that self-reflection and really that audit is to figure out if you are, if there is any disconnect to what you're doing in person and online. And, and that's been something too that is part of kind of the first couple of lessons, you know, in the simulation in the textbook is just really kind of taking that time. And so, um, you know, same thing with professionals that I've talked to, 
it, they've said that it really kind of opens up their eyes like, OK, I was not doing what I needed to do. And now I know. But it's about kind of moving forward from there. Those people who are totally different online and off, I just think it must be exhausting. I mean, I'm consistent because I'm lazy. I only have enough bandwidth to be one person. Yeah. <laughs> I love that one set of manners concept. That's that's really wonderful. And that really plays to authenticity. All right. Mm -hmm. So so the last thing I'm going to ask here, Karen, and this is a big one. What do you feel is the most important part of the personal branding process as laid out in your blueprint? What part do you think, like, if you don't have this part, the rest just falls apart? Ooh. I would say that there's actually, it's kind of a two-parter, but they're aligned, kind of similar to what you just mentioned, consistency and authenticity. Because you can, you know, like I've shared with my students, you can build a personal brand, but it's like a, you know, pet, plant, hobby, you know, you know, routine, you've got to invest in it every single day in order for it to, to thrive. You can't just say, okay, I have a personal brand and walk away for 10 months. Um, you really have to consciously kind of build that into your daily routine. And it, and it doesn't have to necessarily be um, a huge amount of time. It could be a little bit every day. And I've kind of taken a track and field former student athlete perspective on this. And I've shared with my students, you don't see Olympic athletes starting to train for the Olympics the day before the Olympics, right? They're constantly training months, years in advance. And it does, you know, you have to train. You have to basically do a little bit every day and you have to be consistent, right? Um, and as, as you mentioned before, you know, the, la you know, the Dr. Jekyll and Mr. High consistency and being authentic, you have to be, you know, authentic in order to build trust, to build those relationships. Because if people see behaviors or they see things that don't align with their personal brand, they question whether or not this is really you or if this is just a facade. And, um, I'm a big believer of being like you, like transparent. What you see is what you get. If we were having this conversation in person, I would still have my massive cup of coffee in front of me and we would be, you know, just talking like friends and colleagues. And so I think that's the most important thing. And I think to personal branding and relationship building is they're going hand in hand, like in order to build a brand, you got to be proactive in formulating your relationships and you just never know who, you know, you're going to be tapping into or who you could build a partnership with or a collaboration with and um you know who you're connecting with online with your personal brand and is so important and i think the other thing too that we need more than ever in personal like personal branding and just building relationships um is to pay it forward you know be a resource you know in order to you know build a reputation for being a good citizen a good colleague you, you know, have to share, you know, ideas and resources and you've done a tremendous job, you know, with your podcast and your show and your Twitter chat, Christine, and all the work that you've done. Um, and I think we need more of that. And, and that is one way that I think um, you can help, you know, really make an impact, you know, on on the field. Thank you. Now, as a bonus, I know I said that was the last question, but as a bonus, I got to ask you to tell the story that you're probably sick of telling by now <laughs> to the point you just made about you never know who your personal brand is going to connect with and to the point of paying things forward and paying that knowledge forward. You had a very special guest in your class last year, and I would love it if you could tell the folks at home that story. 
<laughs> yes, yes. No, this is a fun story. And and I tell my, it's funny that you mentioned that my personal brand is forever linked to um, this individual, which is not a bad thing. I, I'm really honored about that. But it's funny, like I actually, um, we're in our first week of classes here at the University of Louisville. And I've had students saying, is Ryan coming to our class again? I'm like, well, I think he has a lot going on. And I think this was a once in a lifetime opportunity. But um, so a few years ago, um, I would say one of my favorite platforms to connect with the industry profession, of course, is Twitter. Um, it's really been like my personal Rolodex, you know, with professionals and kind of building those relationships and bringing them into the classroom. And um, I just love being able to kind of see what everyone is doing, you know, with their own work, you know, for companies. And so I, I like with Christina Garnett, like I feel like anytime I can hype these prof amazing professionals up, you know, on my network or bring them in, you know, those examples to my classes with my students or other professors, um, I'm willing to do that. So um, in December 2019, of course, we all know the infamous Peloton ad that Maximum Effort and Ryan uh, released. I just thought it was so iconic. I'm like, this is amazing. And I've been a fan of Ryan Reynolds for for years. I I mean, Deadpool is one of my favorite, you know, franchises. He it's awesome. I just want to clarify really quickly for those who may not remember. So there was that Peloton ad with the woman who got a Peloton from her husband, and you know she she made a video of a year of using it, and the public reaction was, "Oh my God, he got his wife a Peloton." Yeah. So um, mm -hmm. if you could give a brief summary of what Maximum Effort did with that. <laughs> yes, yeah, so Maximum Effort really embraced the real-time marketing aspect. So they actually brought the same actress and they basically did a follow-up commercial. So she's there drinking at a bar actually with an American aviation gin martini and her friends are consoling her like, it's okay, it's okay. And it just went viral. I, I just thought this is brilliant. So. A few days later, I was actually at home and I was, you know, kind of scrolling on Twitter. And then I noticed I had a new follower and it said it was Ryan Reynolds. And I, my first reaction, Christine, was poor Ryan. This is, a, a you know, a, a bot or whatever. And so I looked at it again and, I, and there was the verified check mark next one. And I'm like, OK, don't freak out. And of course I did. Um, so. Basically, throughout that time, you know, for the following year with COVID and then, you know, of course, the following couple of years, uh, we had various interactions. You know, anytime that I was able to showcase his team's work, um, I had Adrian Molina, who is amazing, um, speak to my class and Julian Gamboa now, who's at, um, you know, uh, Maximum Effort. You know, I really felt like bringing those experts into the classroom to meet with my students and so the students could learn from them. And when we're talking about personal branding, I use Ryan all the time in my book, you know, and like my 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 PR books and my social media books, and also this personal branding book um, with Stu Kent, because I think it's so important for students to look at who are individuals changing the game in the industry. So again, we basically fast forward until um, the fall, no, summer of 2021. So I mentioned I freaked out when I found out that Ryan followed me. So um, I open up Twitter again and I see a new direct message. And it was Ryan Ooh. saying, no. Ryan yeah. slid into the DMs? Slid in the DMs. You know, no, he That's amazing. Said, he appreciated all the support that I've given over the years. And that when classes would start up for the new academic year, he would love to be a guest. 
So, um, again, you know, I think I dropped my phone at that point. Luckily, like it was protected or whatever. So, um, and of course acted absolutely normal, but I just was like, yes, absolutely. So it took us a while to coordinate, you know, a time for when he could come to speak to my class just because he was filming, um, at the time, um, doing a lot of press for red notice and he was filming spirited, which is amazing. Both films iconic. So we were able to finally schedule a time for him to come in late March of last year. And he had a couple of stipulations, you know, for the class. He wanted to talk to students. So um, it was just them. And he said he wanted to Zoom bomb the class. And so um, we started a class. My, You know, it was a virtual social media strategy class. So the students, you know, mid-semester, Christine, kind of like, okay, midterms. Some of them were graduating in May. So they were in the home stretch. And basically we were on Zoom and Ryan came in and um, yeah, the, the students were just kind of like, what is happening? But I'll tell you, Christine, from a personal branding standpoint, Ryan is pro- probably one of the best professionals and people that I know who really walk the walk and talk the talk. I can't speak highly of him. I, mean, I was impressed before, but he took 45 minutes to talk to my students, answer them questions, address them each by name. Some of my students actually recorded him saying their name and that is their new ringtone. Um, But it it was just tremendous. It was one of those lifetime experiences and, you know, the students were just really grateful. And I I thank Ryan. And um, one of the things too, he asked me, he's like, well, how, how should I address you? And I'm like, well, I'm totally open. And so he said, well, would it be okay if I called you Dr. K? And I'm like, yes. So in my syllabus now, I tell the students, you can call me Professor Freeberg, Dr. Freeberg, whatever. But Ryan Reynolds is the only person who can call me Dr. K. So. Or Special K, you know, because that sounds pretty special. I I absolutely love that. What's what's like the best piece of personal branding knowledge that he dropped on that class? Um, I would say for him, you know, he was really transparent about having balance. You know, really making sure that because um, a lot of students were kind of saying, like, what do you look for, you know, in a professional? And um, he said to have balance, you know, like really making sure that you're not 100 percent like like always on 24 seven, that you need time to, you know, be with your family, mental health, you know, friends, you know, life, basically. But he he really gave some good tips on, you know, where he sees the field going and what are things that, um he needs to be aware of and um i had a student grace who um is amazing she's a great student like she's amazing grace amazing (laughs) but she did she did ask a personal branding question because um one of the other one of the challenges that i've run into christine is with my first name my first name is not necessarily known for the most positive uh, association so my students give me a hard time with that. They're like, your name is, I'm like, I know, but honestly, you know, so I always start, I'm a I'm Karen, but not a Karen. So my student actually, like Grace actually asked Ryan, what would, like, what would be his personal branding advice, you know, like in basically women named Karen, you know, including me. And he just How do you said, rebrand it? How do you take control of I, that brand narrative? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. But he he laughed and he said, hey, you know, your professor is a nice Karen. She is not Karen. You know, so I'm like, I tell my students, I'm like, okay, let's just, look, you know, remember here, Ryan said I'm a nice Karen. So, um, so that was a fun exchange. But, you yeah. know, you need to get a LinkedIn testimonial of that. Ryan Reynolds, 
She's a nice Karen. This is just right there. Nice. Yeah. Well, you have been very nice to us today, Karen. I know we've run a little over, but in the meantime, you know, you're good enough for Ryan Reynolds to follow you. So where can people find you? Why should they follow you? And what are they going to find when they do? Awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, so I'm pretty much everywhere. I'm just at K Freeberg, F-R-E-B-E-R-G. I'm pretty much everywhere. LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and even Be Real, which surprises my students. But hey, I'm a social media professor. Um, I'm very active on all of the platforms. And what you can expect to see from me is um, exactly what you have seen and heard on on this episode. Um, I try to be you know, positive. I share resources. Um, I may share tons of coffee gifts because coffee is a major food group. Still, part of my personal brand is to get a sponsorship from a coffee company. So still working on that. Or you might see some really cute pictures of my two-year-old Australian shepherd, um, Mando Wade. And yes, my, Mando is, um, his first name is, inspir- um, is an inspiration for the show Mandalorian, big Star Wars fan. And Wade, of course, is an honor of Ryan Reynolds for his character, Wade Wilson in Dead. Ah, oh, I love it. Thank you so much, Karen, for being here today. This was awesome. Thank you so much. It was an honor. And thank you so much for being here today, folks at home. Whether you are listening to us on your podcast player of choice via the Adweek Podcast Network, make sure to subscribe so you get new episodes every single Monday. Uh, Hop over and join us for Let's Talk About, uh, sorry, for Chat About Brand on Tuesdays on Twitter. And then, of course, if you're joining us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe to my Christine Grick Minink channel so you can see the video podcast every Friday. Thanks so much for joining me. I'm Christine Gritman, and I will be back next week interviewing another smart expert about an element of personal branding. Thanks so much. Thanks for listening to Let's Talk About Brand, part of the Adweek Podcast Network and Acast Creator Network. This podcast was produced by Christine Gritman, executive produced by Al Manorino and John Heil, and edited by Christine Gritman. You can listen and subscribe to all of Adweek's podcasts by visiting adweek.com slash podcasts. Stay updated on all things Adweek Podcast Network by following us on Twitter at Adweek Podcasts. And if you have a question or suggestion for the show, send us an email at podcast at adweek.com.